0: 2020 bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au Talking today again about this issue of halal. As you know, there's a government inquiry that's going on all about halal and what that means to Australian consumers. Let's get some inside information. Kiralee Smith is the founder of Halal Choices. She's joining us. Hello, Kiralee. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Kiralee, is there any update you can give us as to how the government inquiry is going into the uh, halal issues that we're facing here in Australia?
1: Yes well thanks to Senator Cory Bernardi uh, there is a third party certification of food inquiry underway at the moment and basically it's not just limited to halal certification there are other things such as kosher genetically modified foods organic but um, halal is certainly one of the, uh, the big ones and a specific one that um, I am interested in and that we uh, can make application or submissions to the government. Uh, the inquiry is open till the thirty first of july there 's a website with lots of terms of reference that you need to refer to at least one of those things and this is a, a something that we 've worked really hard towards for the last five years to get the government to actually explore and investigate what some of our concerns are with halal certifications.
0: Let's remind listeners about those concerns. What are the biggest concerns that there is halal like a tax being charged on Australian food?
1: Well, the thing is, Neil, we don't actually know in a lot of cases how much is being charged for halal certification. So that's definitely one of the objectives of the inquiry is to sort out what that is. Some companies tell us it is minimal. It's only around a $1,000 or so a year. However, other companies are paying... Uh, in the tens of thousands a year. And we don't believe that any company could absorb tens of thousands of dollars when it comes to halal certification. So we would like a comprehensive inquiry investigation into how much does it cost and then where does that money go?
0: Where the money goes is the big issue, isn't it? Because a tax on businesses that flows through to consumers, uh, obviously there are a lot of people concerned that money they're paying for products is potentially finding its way into hands and what the accusations go, what the allegations say is that money may be ending up in the hands of potentially terrorist organisations.
1: Well, that's possible, Neil. It certainly has happened overseas. There are documented cases both from uh, the America, France and Canada where the government have either revoked charity statuses or prosecuted Islamic charities because they've been funded by halal certification among other things and then that, that money has ended up in the hands of prescribed terrorist organisations. But even on a more basic level here in Australia, what many consumers are concerned about is that halal certifiers boast that the profits of halal certification go to fund mosques and Islamic schools and even this in these past 12 months there's been a lot of concern and a lot of issues raised about what's going on in Islamic schools and Islamic mosques in this country and you know I'm all for freedom and I I don't want to uh, stop Muslims from uh, practicing their religion here in Australia but what I am very against is having that religion imposed upon me and and to fund it. I think that what the biggest issue here with halal certification is as well or one of the initial problems that got me into this is the lack of information or the lack of information on the label so when I go to the shops at the point of sale I can't actually make an informed decision as to whether or not I want to purchase a product that has paid halal certification fees because if I object to my money going to fund mosques and Islamic schools how do I have that choice if the information is not clearly printed on the label
0: not only that but I guess your shopping expedition is going to double in length if you've got to take the time to look at every product
1: Absolutely. In one, one sense, um, it, it reduces your shopping list dramatically once you've worked out what you can and can't buy, if so that's what you're choosing to do. Uh, but yes, many people make the comment to me through my website page or through Facebook that their shopping takes a lot longer because they have to actually investigate every single product that they want to purchase.
0: Now, on your website, Halal Choices, there is a list Uh, link there where you can actually search a product and find out if it is halal, if there's a tax being charged on that product.
1: Correct, yes. We have a search engine or a search function on the website now that uh, you can type in a product, a brand um, or, or a category and it will come up all your options that are both halal certified and not halal certified so you can make a choice as to what product you would like to purchase.
0: Kiralee, how serious is this? Uh, Should Aussies be taking this really, really seriously or is it just uh, let this one go through to the keeper because it's too big, it's too hard to handle? What are your thoughts on just how serious it is that this halal tax is being charged on products?
1: Well personally I've been thinking it's very serious. I've devoted a lot of time and effort and basically I didn't realise how serious it was when I began but the more research I do, the more investigation I do, I think it's very, very serious and it's a conversation that goes beyond our grocery dollar, like I said, to the concerns of what is happening in mosques in Australia, what's happening in Islamic schools, from segregation to girls not being allowed to participate in athletics to piano, pianos being banned because of um, their evil and, and such things like that. This is government-funded and grocery-dollar-funded Islamic schools. And I, I would like us to have these conversations not to be called racist, not to be called bigots, not to be shouted down, but to have a conversation, a real conversation about what is going on in our country, what's acceptable, what's not. And again, that people should have a choice. If people want to give money freely to those charities, those associations, well that is their choice. But for those of us that don't want to make that choice, we need the information and we need to be able to have the conversation without being labelled and, and having it reduced to some ridiculous name calling.
0: And there is a government inquiry that's going on at this moment. We'll come back and talk some more about that inquiry about what is Sharia and what is Halal and how they affect us every time we go to do some grocery shopping. Kiralee Smith from Halal Choice is our guest. We'll come back and talk some more in just a few moments. We're back today talking about the issue of halal, those products that have a halal certification where you know that the business that has those products on sale is paying a percentage of what you pay at the supermarkets or at a convenience store to Muslim organisations and potentially for the enhancement or the expansion of Islam in Australia. We're talking with Kiralee Smith from Halal Choices. Kiralee, this is an important issue because when people talk about the Islamisation of Australia, this is really a huge foot in the door to have this Halal certification on all of the food products that we're wanting to buy at the supermarket.
1: Well, correct, Neil. There's, there's figures bandied around, but in Australia alone, the halal certification industry generates around $12 billion. Now, some of that obviously goes to our Australian producers, it goes to Australian workers, and that's great. We're all for Aussie businesses making money, but what we also are concerned about is the incredible profits that seem to be generated by this industry, the hiddenness of uh, these Organisations that they hide the fact they're halal certified. We don't have any transparency as to how that money is actually used, other than we know it goes to mosques and Islamic schools and charities. Uh, so there's a there is a great deal of concern about the whole money issue and uh, I guess the integrity. Um, in, a point I'd like to raise is that in our country we have at least 33 Islamic certifying agencies. There could be more because there is no standards, no regulations, no um, government uh, program, I guess, where one has to be registered other than for the export of halal meat. So there's around 22 that are registered halal certifiers for that but anybody else can basically start an organization and go around to shops and businesses for the domestic market and and have this business whereas in other countries the majority of countries have one islamic certifying agency it is government run or government sanctioned and it's not for profit
0: I know there's a debate going on in Islamic circles about whether there can be people who are non-Islamic actually controlling their fundraising activities. Is that one of the big issues that they're talking about?
1: Absolutely. And that's, I guess, one of the tenets of Islam is dominance and uh, that all non-Muslims are to be submitted to Islam. And Obviously, in a free country such as Australia, again, it's not necessarily even about banning Islam or anything that dramatic, but what it's about is saying, if we're going to live harmoniously together, it's not because we're submitted to the tenets of Islam, it's because we have the freedom to choose whether or not we want to be submitted to Islam.
0: I guess when we pay a tax to Islam, we're feeling submitted and that's part of, the, the, I guess, the psychology there too because if you begin to tax the people, they become submitted to you.
1: I, I believe that's true. I believe I believe there are some certifiers that are just in it to make money and I believe that there are extremely religious certifiers who are doing exactly what you say and I believe there's some in the, within the spectrum um, all along that, that scale as well. But there are many people, particularly Christians, but also many people of other faiths who contact me with that exact concern.
0: I guess some people say we don't have Sharia law in Australia. Why is there a Sharia tax that's being applied here? There's something there that doesn't seem to be compatible with our free democratic Australia.
1: I agree with that. I think that um, you know people uh, or the, the organizations like the Muslim Brotherhood have said in the past that you use the institutions that are already within a country and permeate that way, that you um, I guess it's, you know some people use the term stealth jihad that it's it's along the lines of doing well, what's acceptable within the Sharia to start with and gain a foothold, gain traction that way. We know that Sharia law officially is not accepted or is sanctioned in Australia. However, without Sharia law, there's no such thing as halal. So halal certification is already one of those aspects of Sharia that's being applied and practised in our country today, and we're being asked to fund it.
0: And, of course, it's not just Christians who are concerned with this issue. Uh, Ordinary thinking Australians who are concerned about the rise of Islam and Islamisation in Australia, they're concerned too. On your website at halalchoices.com.au, you've got some uh, links there as to how people can take action. What is the best thing for people to do if they're concerned about this halal tax?
1: Well, at the moment, the absolute priority and the most important thing people need to do is make a submission to the uh, Third Party Certification of Food Inquiry. You can go to the Parliament of Australia website and look for uh, the Economics or uh, Senate Committee uh, pages. And if you type in Third Party Certification of Food, you'll find it. There is seven terms of reference there and it, got, it has to do with labelling, it has to do with money, it has to do with uh, what, what, we, uh, what sort of transparency we would like the certifiers to have or what information we think we need to have about them and what people need to do is to put in their own words, a submission to the government, it doesn't have to be really long, it can be a paragraph or a couple of paragraphs or it can be many pages if that's what you like and it can be your experiences. Uh, the products that you were shocked to find out were halal certified but weren't labelled as such or perhaps you're concerned about where the money goes or you might have a question that you would like the government to look into and um, I've had a lot to do with a number of senators and MPs over recent years, and they all tell me that these inquiries are fantastic because many of them don't really have time, obviously, to look into every issue that concerns every Australian. But when there is an inquiry and they are on the committee, they must read every single submission. Those submissions are made public unless you request them to remain confidential. And there's something that will give our senators and MPs a much more comprehensive picture of where Australians are coming from and their concerns about halal certification.
0: Okay, so individuals and groups can make their submission to that inquiry and there's other things you're encouraging people to do too, like lobbying big companies who are they have sort of bowed the knee, haven't they, to uh, this halal certification?
1: Yes, I think some of them are simply ignorant or they don't understand. I think some of them, uh, but a small amount of them, have uh, a justifiable position in their exports and I think that is a different... Uh, question altogether. However, the majority of them uh, are paying these fees. So many of them are paying halal certification on products that are already considered halal, that a Muslim consumer will purchase with or without a certificate. But um, these companies are parting with thousands of dollars unnecessarily. And I think that consumers need to let companies know what they think about that and if a person, a consumer chooses not to buy their products because of halal certification, it's important that you let the company know that as well.
0: Lee, you've got a significant campaign rolling. Uh, what sort of financial support would you like to have from perhaps listeners to our conversation? Can they make a donation to what you're doing if they go to your website?
1: They can. There's, um, there's a donations button via PayPal. That uh, that we are a not-for-profit organisation. It's to um, cover our running costs. You can also buy a shopping guide or a phone app, uh, where some of the money raised will help us recover costs in the research that we've done. And obviously, um, yeah, all the costs associated <laughs> with keeping the website going and the phone app and the shopping guides going. So we appreciate any and all support that people give us we have supporters who regularly contribute $5 a month and we have uh, people who are extremely generous and and support us with a lot more than that but but it is all very very significant and very very helpful for us at this time.
0: Well I know you're facing significant challenges and uh, listeners might like to keep up with uh, the activity that's going on with yourself and with Halal Choices I'll point to that website once again it's halalchoices.com.au Our guest is Lee Smith. Kiralee is the founder of Halal Choices. We've been talking about the halal tax uh, that's on grocery items when you go to the supermarket. Uh, It's always good getting your insights, Lee. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020.
1: It's a pleasure, Neil. Thank you for having me.